Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek Football Program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com/check. Oh, a juicy week nine is about to begin from where we sit. It may have already begun if you're listening to us on Thursday late night or Friday or Saturday. We're here to get you ready for Sunday's action, and we will have our Red Challenge flag pick segment for you for the juiciest matchups available for our eyeballs this weekend. And uh, I dare say this is the best collection of games that we've seen so far in the 2014 season. couple things I want to make you aware of real quick. Depending on when you're listening, at some point on Friday, a brand new NFL will be ava- uh, available to you. And this is a fun one. You know how the Final Four has now been released for college football? This focus is on what if there had been a Final Four college football playoff in a year gone by, I don't want to ruin it for you. Suffice to say, it is relevant here in 2014 because a couple of figures, a few figures, in fact, that could have been in that mix in 97. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you, but understand that that's out there for you. Football Baby has made his picks. Those are available for you, as are a bunch of other things uh, that you can watch on the Dave Damashek Football Program TV, DDFP TV. We've gone 20, 25 minutes there, black tie behind the glass. That is correct, yes. It's uh, and, and you're pleased with it? You were the executive producer slash director on this production, eh? It was a fine, it was a fine first run. I'm looking forward to, you know, what we can put together in the future. Check I don't understand what you mean by that. Are you diminishing what we did in our first no, go-round? No, no, it was a good premiere. All right, you know? listen, so it was a, so it was a pilot. You know, Every... As you know, like, especially with all superhero movies, as you know, I'm a superhero fan, the sure. origin story typically is the toughest one to get off the ground. I know, but, but I like well. those. Those are my favorite ones. In the fact, I think they should make I, – I have – said before and I'll say again now I think the first movie 
for a superhero should only be the origin story because then they always jam in in the last act of the, the of the three acts this sort of resolution to something that always doesn't feel satisfying. They all every superhero movie, the first one, they show how this guy came to be the superhero, and oh by yeah, then he takes down one of his arch nemeses, and and then that guy's dead and not useful for the for any future. Um, movie, so, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I just make the whole thing like oh, that's how he became Batman. So, Next, he'll take on the Joker. So if you were like that, would be Nolan, great. Which is a scary thought because I'd make a, a lot of I'd make good movies. superhero. You would have stopped Batman Begins essentially. Yeah, the once first he becomes night, Batman, he, come, he goes out as Batman. Or and you can also tell me how the, his arch nemesis came to be, or some of them. Maybe while you tell the Batman origin story, you also tell in you know your B story. And Seaster, you tell, like, how, and this is how the Riddler came to be, and here's how Scarecrow came which, to be. Which, uh, and EH is here with us. All right, us. let's bring him right, in bring here him right in. now. But real fact. quick, just ask both of you guys, which Well, NFL I'm bringing player. him. Can I introduce him first, please? It's Here okay. he is in Studio 66. Maximum strength. Or just new Studio 66. Can I say, by the way, Black Tie, you didn't really sell. So find on NFL Now, go on your Apple TV, get comfy on your couch, maybe your iPad, maybe your iPhone. Or you can just uh, open up your laptop and uh, and search for it there. It's the beginning of something new. It's It'll the, be it's on the podcast, but as a TV show. Right. It's NFL.com and NFL Now. And like I say, it's basically what you're listening to now, except that you get uh, the pleasure. It would only be on NFL Now, not NFL.com. Oh, but it you, won't can, be? you can watch it on a website as well. Oh, okay. Wait, right. NFL Now has a website. And anyway, so it's 20, 25 minutes. Great conversation with Nate Burleson, some Huey and Applesauce mixed in, and uh, my thoughts uh, leading into week nine. All right, now let's say hello to him, a man who you see all over NFL Now, NFL.com, NFL Network. He makes the uh, the power rankings each week, and his picks are already up there at NFL.com for you. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? Hey, man, I wanted to chime in on what you're saying about Please. the superheroes, but I was I was letting you guys rock it as I was walking in here. I think that the Lord of the Rings movies did it right. I agree with that. Because as a viewer, you knew that even if you didn't read the books, you've heard enough about them. You knew that there's multiple parts of this story and that when we see the first movie, it's not going to be a resolution totally. And when sure. you saw the two towers, not only did it was the end, the beginning point a little hazy if you didn't see the first movie, but there's no end point either. The superhero movies should do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand when they have to have them fight some guy at the end and they have the superhero battle. Like, come up with something more creative. You the know, like, worst, the worst, I'll, I'll go so far as to say, if you think of the, I mean, I think that's how Christopher Nolan ex- wanted them to be viewed as his trilogy of Batman movies as a uh, a tied together series, an episodic sort of. Uh, he didn't intend that, actually. They, Oh, he didn't. Did I thought that was his. No, he did oh. each one as a win. I've, I've read books about Nola's work. Oh, yeah. Oh, the cinephile, black. <laughs> yeah. Even though he seen hasn't anything. seen any of those Batman <laughs> movies, he he has read books about that. No, um, I I'll there I'll go so far as to say the worst act of the nine acts that are the Chris Nolan Batman movies is the third act of Batman Begins. It's a tacked on nonsense. The slum in the middle of the city is hokey. Um, yeah, the scarecrow thing is cool. Scarecrow's, uh, you know, his little potion and everything is neat, but I don't like the way they broom it and, r- and wrap it all up so quickly. I do, however, like that we see scarecrow show up 
in uh, in the third leg of the Chris Nolan series. Yeah, he's in rises. That is correct. Like I yeah. said, I I feel like Lord of the Rings says it right, but I I want to bring up something else here. You know, I want to say this about Lord of the oh, Rings while ahead. you're talking about it, real quick. The thing that's great about that and cynics, you know, oh, I was on by the way. Um, with uh, with the around the NFL boys, Hanzus, Wessling, and Rosenthal on uh, on Wednesday. So dig that podcast up as well. Available in the same place as iTunes, Stitcher, NFL.com. We keep it basically midseason report. But these this Hanzus and Wessling, they're so they're so hip. You see, they're, they're they're so they're so above superhero in Lord of the Rings kind of movies. That's but mostly th- Wessling, yeah. No, it's hands as well. Does a little bit. He's going to watch the Avengers. He says, but yeah. But the thing is, with the with Lord of the Rings, that is so winning in my book. And same thing with Star Wars. If you can get in that frame of mind back in the seventies, is it is so ridiculous. I mean, you know, you're talking about there, there, there. I mean, millions and millions of dollars devoted to taking out in the New Zealand countryside. They put hundreds and hundreds of extras in these absurd costumes, like they're dressed up for Halloween in these ghoul masks, essentially. And then they say, hey, run through the fields. Let's just run through open countryside. Imagine how ridiculous that must have been if you're an extra, if you're a director, you're shooting this and everything. For you to watch that and 10 minutes in to the first time you're seeing this universe and you're absorbed by it, well done, Peter Jackson and you everybody bet. else, because that is so easy for it to just immediately play as cheese ball, super hokey, nerdy. I'm not watching it. And there are people like that out there who feel that way. That, to name drop, Adam Carolla is one of those guys, too. He'll, he makes fun of me for liking those movies in Star Wars as well. But you got to say, I mean, when you have these absurd, hey, he's a robot. Like, uh, hey, yeah, the two robots are best friends, see? And then there's a mean guy who wears all black and he chokes people. And you can hear him breathing like, I'm in. I, as soon as you start watching it, you're absorbed in it. I agree. The best prequel I've seen in recent memory is definitely the Star Trek one because it roped in all these fans that could have cared less about the Star Trek franchise. And and they set up all the characters just like Dave's talking about. But they didn't really, I mean, they resolved what was going on, but they also kind of set up, I don't know if you saw those movies, they kind of set up that, hey, there's going to be more of these. But what I think is funny about TD here is that, and, and it's something you Black and I... Black tie to us. Yes, People I might understand. get confused if you say TD. My, my bad. Is that we make fun of the fact that he's seen no movies. But there was a Jenga piece to that, to go to your Jenga piece oh, idea. Look that, at that transition. He wanted to talk Jenga pieces. He because said we could that. say that all day long, but it turns out that yours and my theory collapsed as soon as we said, look who's talking. That was the Jenga piece for our theory about <laughs> what we went too far when we suggested there's no way he's seen look who's talking. We, we, we knew the Jenga tower fell down. And I'm going to submit to you that, and I, I have a feeling where you're going to go with this, that the Houston Texans... And let me explain the Jenga theory, if you're new to uh, to this theory. It is that, not unlike the childhood game Jenga, that, you know, you take the blocks of wood out, and if you take the wrong one out, the whole thing implodes. So, too, if you take a player, a certain player, off each NFL team, that team will implode. Now, you can do this with quarterbacks, but... 25 teams would sure. be demolished if you took their QB away. So if you do it non-QB based, every team has a Jenga piece on it. Right, and just like when you play Jenga, a lot of times when you pull a certain piece, you're like, oh, I'm done here. There's no way. And then it doesn't fall, and you can't believe it. And so I'm going to say that about the Texans. I get it. J.J. Watt is a wonderful player. But to me, Arian Foster is the, the Jenga piece on that team. They are a different mm-hmm. team when he is healthy. You look at his 
uh, season he's having right now. It's unbelievable. The only game he doesn't have 100 yards is when he got hurt. That's the, that's the only game. And I just don't think they can win without him. I could see them winning some games without J.J. Watt. I, well, listen, history is proven you right on both counts. And, in fact, I've said the exact same thing that you just said. Thanks for listening to the show, by the way. No, <laughs> I, I've been saying that because, look, they went, uh, J.J. Watt was dominant last year, had another terrific year, but they went 2-14. and 14. Arian Foster was on the field for a handful of games last year, both victories. Then they come out of the gate 3-0 and this year. Arian Foster's out there. Now, it doesn't mean that if he plays, they necessarily win. But when Arian Foster is out, they do necessarily lose. That, 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 I mean, the numbers bear that out, that Arian Foster plays. The Texans have a way better shot of winning the game. Right. They are 4-4 four and four right now. But the one game that he missed, they lost up uh, in New York. And the Giants were really struggling at that point. I think the Giants were 0-2 at the time. But... The NFC guy that I'd like to bring up, I, I we've all talked about the Cardinals and how it's so impressive. I think a lot of people think Bruce Arians is a coach of the year, or at least I do. I don't know where you stand on Agreed. that right now. but Although I do think we should expand it to maybe coordinators because some defensive coordinators, we talked with Bucky Brooks a couple weeks ago here on the show about this very thing. Todd Bowles in Arizona. What I mean, you know, all really all over the league, uh, you know, Marinelli. Marinelli yeah. I mean, there there's some defensive coordinators that are working wonders out there. A- ab- absolutely. If you anyway, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, it's fine. So I had the Cardinals second in the power rankings this week. Uh, that's that's as high as they've been. I think you pull Andre Ellington out of that team, they're done. Yeah, I think you can take Larry Fitzgerald out; they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think you could pull Carson Palmer out, and they will be okay. But if they don't have Andre, Andre Ellington, I think everything else collapses. They're not able to run the ball. They don't help their quarterback out. The defense doesn't get the rest it needs to put the pressure on the other team. I, I think he's the key. I, well, I don't disagree with you, and we talk about the juicy matchups out there. And Brady and Peyton, uh, understandably, people are swooning and in anticipation of that one. Ravens and Steelers is always a gem. There are big games all over the place, but I feel like the one that has the most playoff implications is the the Cardinals and Cowboys, and you really break it down. I don't know. We we don't know at the time uh, that we're doing this right now if Romo's definitely going to play. Garrett says he feels good about his chances of getting out there. But if they lose the Cowboys, that's it. Then then they're into a two-game skid. They have three losses. D.C., you know, believe it or not, can get back into this race mm-hmm. if both the Eagles and Cowboys were to lose. The I mean, you know, maybe the Eagles trip up. I, you know, what, what the really the way to look at this is in my book, it's an NFC East centric weekend. If for you know, with all due respect to Peyton and Brady and um, you know Raven Steelers and all the other good games out there, the implications are massive for these for these old NFC East teams. Here's yeah, if. The Eagles lose, you know, the people, that is a nasty sports town. And if they go too straight here, there's going to be a lot of noise, not mm-hmm. directed at Chip Kelly, but some of the pieces he's got out on the field. It's big for D.C., obviously, with RG3. We talked about it with the Around the NFL guys. I'll throw it at you now, EHs. Where, what do you th- let's say it's it, there are a lot of things people like to debate week after week, month after month, and season after season. And RG3, I feel like that debate is easy to get out of what you think he's going to be. 
by just saying, well, he'll never stay healthy, so we don't need to discuss it. You know, that's that's the way out. I just don't think he can stay healthy next subject. But let's say he does. What if he's playing? What if he plays every game from here on out, or at least he's healthy enough to play every game for the next three years? What's RG3? Boy, I, I, you know, right now I feel like RG3 is going to be above-average quarterback that never meets expectations because his rookie season was so dynamic. I was watching him in preseason. They played Cleveland in the preseason uh, up in Washington. And he he was rolling back and trying to throw a 15-yard out without driving his left foot forward, you know, and really driving sure. that, sticking that out. He kind of threw it across his body. Now, he's throwing it to the, his right side. He's right-handed, so he's not really across the field, across his body. But if you don't step into a throw, you're kind of just turning your arm motion. Well, you can't get any juice that way. So he got away with one of them, and then Joe Hayden just sat on the next one and, and took it the other way. And it, it it makes you wonder, okay, how healthy or strong is this guy? I mean, these are these are mechanics that go back to when you're 11 years old, driving the ball. I mean, you watch Tom Brady. He's always driving the ball. He steps into it. Tom Brady had a nasty injury doing precisely that. So did Carson Palmer against the uh, Steelers in the playoffs. I Until I see RG3 – not only be a pocket passer, but drive the football. I don't think that he's ever going to be more than a maybe bottom of the top 15 quarterback. It's a, it's a funny thing. Rosenthal maybe hit the nail on the head by comparing him to Jay Cutler, you know, a guy, that, you know, in broad strokes, the the guy who has the big arm and relies too much on that. You know, mm-hmm. he can get away with flicking a wrist sometimes and then pro football. It, it's funny that certain guys just never seem to learn that lesson. And at this point, I said Jay Cutler was going to be the NFL MVP in the preseason. That's not going to happen. And, I mean, at this point, he is what he is, and I wonder if uh, if Rosenthal hits the nail on the head with RG3 being the next uh, the next version of that. You know, you mentioned Carson Palmer, and we're going to get to the picks here in just a second um, with Handsome Hank rolling in here. Oh, by the way, no Drew Staten this week for uh, our Stats Incredible segment. Huh? Black tie, what gives? That's the way it is. I don't know. Oh, Drew's look who came with now. his material now. Yeah, well, who's he? The high hat us. No, he's doing uh, TNF later today. He's going to be in later, so uh... – you know, he could have been on earlier, but a little mix-up schedule-wise, we're fine. Thursday we'll night football. He'll be back next week. Yeah, we're fine, but are we exceptional? That's what we try to be. And and he, Drew Statton, has helped make our Thursday show exceptional in my book. Either way, so we're not going to have Drew Stanton, but Handsome Hank will be in here momentarily. EH, you know, I was thinking about it. Carson Palmer, the range of what his career's been, it's not Kurt Warner-esque, but, you know, you, but in the sense that you know, really good when he arrives and mm-hmm. then has this lengthy dip and then comes back up now on the other side. You know, he is sort of the poor man's Carson Palmer, and I guess coincidentally I didn't connect it. Poor man's it, Kurt Warner. Kurt, what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt, poor man's Kurt Warner, yeah. And, and that they both wind up in Arizona. It's interesting. You know, you mentioned that game, 2005 playoff game. They are the team of the of the AFC that season. Mm-hmm. The Well, they and the Colts were the two best teams but the Dungy family tragedy happened. So then going into the postseason, you maybe feel like, I thought this might be the Bengals' shot to go to the Super Bowl realistically. In come the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kimo Van Olhoffen rolls over his Former leg. Former Bengal. Yeah, and by the way, I don't want to hear any noise about how that was a cheap shot. So oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think A lot it of people, was. I still hear about that. It's garbage. He didn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't an intentional uh, intent to hurt the guy. Either way, this was a, a really good Cincy team. 
But then Kitna comes in, the Steelers survive that one, and then they go on a roll and win the Super Bowl. And now 10 years later, here he is going into a big spot in Big D. And I keep saying it. I'm going to say it one more time. Black Tie's going to get annoyed because yeah, because I have said this 17 times on our various uh, work together over the course of this week. But, you know, if they win this game, the Cardinals, they still only have one loss. That gives them the wiggle room that if the Seahawks and Niners split their head-to-heads, even if then the Seahawks beat the Cardinals twice, they still haven't caught the Cardinals. This is as tough a game outside the division Mm -hmm. as the Cardinals are going to play the rest of the way here. If they win this game, they really make themselves very tough to catch, even if they don't beat the Seahawks once. Uh, No, I I agree with you. And when you talk about Carson Palmer, there are two quarterbacks that I think of are Drew Bledsoe and Kerry Collins. Uh, Drew Bledsoe because he just had that incredible start to his career with the Patriots. And if you remember when he came to the Bills in 2 a lot of excitement. He put up really big numbers that first year, and then obviously his career tailed off. We don't know what's going to happen with Carson, but he kind of they remind me of each other. They have kind of mid-career lull. I uh, get you. Big big arms, and then there was something injuries. wonky, both of them. Yeah, and, injuries. But with, with both those guys, you'd watch them throw the ball. You'd be like, let's stop talking about how they have big arms because they don't anymore. If <laughs> right. you watch them, they, 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 neither one of them has a, an arm anymore. But then all of a sudden – Two years ago, all of a sudden, Car- Carson Palmer's arm went live again. I don't know what happened, but uh, good for him that it has. Right, right. It, he reminds me a little bit of Kerry Collins as well because Kerry Collins sat at first. Uh, they played Burline. I forget who else they played there in Carolina. And then, then he got to play. They, you know, Carolina went all the way to the NFC Championship. They looked like they're going to be a good team. And then all of a sudden, he didn't want to play football anymore. He didn't want to be in Carolina. Just Carson Palmer didn't want to be in Cincinnati. And then he had this resurgence with the Giants. And if you look at Kerry Collins from 2000 to 2002, he had a really good run there with the Giants. And then he even had a third act with the Tennessee Titans. 13-3 and three in 2008. Right, right. so Kerry, uh, Carson Palmer reminds me a little bit of, of him. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting call. So, all right, Black Tie, what do you say? Do you want to jump into the picks here, get Handsome up here and, uh, and uh, do this thing? Handsome's walking in. All right, let's do it. Let's uh, play his music for him all the way from England. Now the Miami Dolphins' biggest fan here on the Dave Damashek football program. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Black tie, hit the music. It's the most wonderful time of the football week. Yes, it is time to make our picks for week nine in the Red Challenge Flag segment. Red Challenge Flag picks. Fellas, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Juicy matchups across the football landscape this weekend. Of course, Brady versus Peyton, Ravens versus Steelers. We'll get to those in just a minute. Right now, though, perhaps the most significant matchup out there for playoff implications, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Big D to play Romo, maybe, maybe Whedon, certainly the tied for first place in the NFC East, Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to start with you, handsome Hank. Who you got, cards or Cowboys? It's, 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 it's a difficult one to start with because we don't know if Romo's playing or not. But I think regardless, I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this game. E.H., do you wish to throw the flag? I don't. I don't. I <laughs> right like the Car- out of the gate. I, I like the Cardinals as well. I, I, you know, Tony Romo's back. Dude, he's walking around like Gollum out yeah. there. I mean, <laughs> literally. And uh, Brandon Whedon, I don't trust him. And w- Look, at some point we have to give the Cardinals some credit. I realize they haven't dominated. 
They weren't that impressive in beating the Raiders. Did they blow your mind beating the Eagles? No, but they keep winning. I mean, at some point, they, you got to get credit for that. Right. And there's no undefeated teams left in the NFL, but there's one undefeated player, Carson Palmer, 4-0 as a starter. Wow. wow. I didn't even yeah, know. That's still inside so numbers. That. 72 Dolphins can't sleep quite you know, as, as restfully as they'd want well, to. Well, I know, EH, you love this one, too, because uh, it does summon memories of the late 70s, early 80s of uh, the St. Louis Cardinals making the visiting Cowboys go with their Royal Blue jerseys to play Otis Anderson and the rest of that gang. That was a sweet uni match. It really was. Jim Hart or Neil Lomax, either way for the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals as well here. I think Andre Ellington gets off here against now, uh, you know, now Durant out as well. So, all right. So, there, so we're in lockstep on that one. Let's see if we can shake it up. Like I always say, fellas, conflict, the key to any drama. This game, we mentioned the Eagles, EH, the Eagles visiting Houston Texans. How say you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Philadelphia. Hmm. All right. Now they, they travel from Arizona. Back to Philly, now back down to Houston. How say you, handsome? You I wish to throw it. Unfortunately, the red challenge flag will be staying in my pocket on this <laughs> one. I'm going to take the Eagles. Well, I think there's going to be a fantastic game. Look out for J.J. Watt here. I think if, they, if the Texans are going to win it, I know that's a pretty obvious statement, but if the Texans are going to win it, it's because they're going to take the ball away from the Eagles a bunch of times. Can I give you guys a bold prediction here? Yes. If Nick Foles stinks in this game, I, and against that pass rush, he very well may, and the Eagles lose. I bet you we see Mark Sanchez in Week Ten. Wow, wow. I, I I don't know about that, man. I don't if know he's if I really crummy, that. if he's really crummy, I think that's he, the he has been. And y you've got a point. I mean, this is you know what we've gone eight weeks now, and he hasn't looked good at really in any game. Uh, maybe the Redskins game where they had a little bit of a shootout, but he's been off all season long. Right. That said. He's been off, but would they have 521 yards of offense in Arizona? And I know, and his game? numbers end up looking just fine. And as a matter of fact, I think Jordan Matthews, maybe if he doesn't get the, the shove there, mm -hmm. maybe lands I saw your bounce. tweet on that. You know, I, I don't think he could have gotten it down, man. That looked like the ball was sailing. But, uh, I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, their quarterback's not playing that well. They have all these injuries up front, and they're still in it at the end. Right. But, th I mean, and that's symptomatic of a problem that they've had all season long. They've No one scores fewer touchdowns in the red zone than the Eagles. And, that's by the way. something they've got to get over, and that, that points to LaShawn McCoy probably needing to, to bounce back from his first half of the season. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. If, it, if Dallas and Philly both lose, though, and D.C. wins, they're in contention for that mm -hmm. NFC East crown, which is crazy to think. All right, next up here, the Chargers at Dolphins. And, of course, when you mention this game, in my brain, at least, I immediately go to the greatest game these two eyeballs have ever seen. The 81 divisional round game, Wes Chandler, Dan Fouts, you know, uh, who are they? James Brooks, Kellen Wynn, all those guys. And then Don Strzok comes in to relieve David Woodley. Strzok. At the end of the half, my favorite play I've ever seen, too, Don Strzok hooking ladder to Duriel Harris and Tony Nathan. Oh, sweet stuff. But, of course, that's that's long in the rear view. Maybe. Dave, did you know that I had two goldfish called Hook and Ladder? Is that because true? Because play that we just watched. You've got to be kid, kidding you know, me. When I was about eight years old, my goldfish, Hook and Ladder. Well, now that is something. That's commitment. Thank not, you. A, not as great a commitment as our own Mark Sessler of Around the NFL naming yes. his actual child Colt after Colt McCoy. Redskins third-string quarterback. But still, I, I, I like that. And, and these two teams played a pretty good game last year down in Miami. Miami got mm -hmm. the win, and we thought, well, maybe the Dolphins can do something. And then, yeah. All right, handsome. 
With that is uh, all that is prelude. Lay it on us. 2014. Chargers last won in Miami in that 1981 divisional playoff game. That was the last time they won. Look there. who came with his stats today. Guess what? 2014. They're going to do it again. Oh, going against your I'm own beloved Dolphins. Dolphins. EH, I'll say you. Uh, I'm going to have to keep my flag in my pants. What's man? wrong I'm with sorry. you two? I just went I over the key to drama, I, conflict. I, I agree, man. I, I just think there's too many question marks for Miami. You don't know who's going to show up. I mean, is it, which Ryan Tannehill are winning? Right. You don't even know which Ryan Tannehill you're going to get from half to half. And last week, did Miami have a nice win? Sure. But, you know, two pick sixes. Blake Bortles definitely hand-delivered a couple of gifts there. I think San Diego needs to get back on track, and they know it. All right. Well, listen, I happen to agree with you guys, and we're lacking in drama here. Maybe we'll get some here. These games are almost always close. Did you know every time the Ravens and Steelers play in recorded history, every single time the final score has been 13-10? to 10? I, So I think we can assume that will repeat itself. But who will be the victor is the real question. EH, I start with you. This is a really hard one, and, and I was looking at the remaining schedules, and I this game is so important. It's mm -hmm. it's really, I think this game determines the division. I'm picking Pittsburgh because they are at home. Simple as that. Mean Joe Green Knight. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Can't hurt. Uh, you're right. but Maybe they could even use him. They really could stand to stiffen the, uh, the run defense. <laughs> if you'll let me, All right. I'd like to throw a red challenge flag. Yeah! <laughs> Finally! I love what Pittsburgh did last weekend. That was a great game. And if you go back and rewatch it, that was one of the most fun games I can remember mm -hmm. watching in a while. But uh, the Ravens are going to win this one. Somehow they'll pull this one out. Well, if you're right about that, then the Steelers probably lose any realistic hope of winning the division, not that mm -hmm. not doesn't mean the playoffs are out, but with two losses head-to-head -head to the Ravens, that probably means that they're in jeopardy there. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh because of the home field factor, and that is the only thing that I really see separating things. And the emergence of some of those youngsters that they're integrating into the lineup maybe starting to emerge a little bit here. Shazier back out there and the rest, but uh, certainly no big surprise. If the Ravens are the ones with 13 and the home team is the one with 10, last game – the big one. I assume nationally this will be the one that uh, most people are intrigued by, of course. It is the renewal of the rivalry. Brady v. Peyton. Handsome. How say you? Dave, it's a tough one. It's I, I love this game. And th these two quarterbacks are playing as well as they've ever played. You know, the last three, four weeks, I think both of the, these guys are on fire. I'm taking Tom Brady's Patriots to win. Mm. Uh, Feel Dave. free to uh, reach into your pocket if you'd like to. I'm going to have to reach into my tardy uh, red flag here and throw it. Uh, I think Denver Broncos win, man. I, All I, right. I, I like it. I get it. Tom Brady at home against Peyton Manning. Tom Brady has seemed to own that series. Well, he has. He hasn't seemed to do anything. Right. But I, I don't trust New England to stop Denver as well as I trust Denver to stop New England. I mean, I, I feel like really under the radar, there's two things that have been going on this year that I, I feel like people aren't noticing that much. One, Arian Foster is having – a sick season. Yes. yes. But because of DeMarco Murray, right. no one's seeing it. Secondly, how good Denver's defense has been playing. I mean, they've been playing really good. They are a, a legit top 10 defense in my mind right now. And I just – I don't think you could say that about New England. And with Chandler Jones out, I mean, at some point, you call it the Jenga piece, that defense is going to be giving up 30 a game. Maybe maybe not with Revis out there, but 
I just the Broncos personnel is so much better. Well, you know, the one caveat to that, and I completely agree with you about everything you said, just like I said in 2013, Mayo's absence is really bad news for their ability to stop the run. A year ago when Peyton and company went into Foxborough, they really exposed that fact. They didn't win the game, but they did give you the template to how to beat them, grind New England on the no ground. No, Sean, I had 200 yards in that game, yeah. didn't he? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think Ronnie Hillman goes for at least uh, 100 yards, which would be which would be banner stuff. The one thing to look for for the Patriots, can they actually go with Revis and Browner, single up sort of like right. the Raiders of the early 80s with Haynes and Hayes, and just say, nine men in the box. You cannot run on us because we can single you up on the outside, your two best receivers. But then you've got Gronk. I mean that, Touché. and on the other side of the field with Akeem Talib, I think I think the 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 Broncos put Talib on Gronk for the whole game, and then you've got to see what damage LaFell and and you know which other whichever other um, receiver Brady wants to go to on that day. Can well, do. we agreed on. Uh, well, and by the way, for the record, I'm going with the Broncos as well because of what I said. I think right. they're going to be able to run on them. Um, I liked it. See, we came out of the gate all in lockstep, but we frayed as we went along here, and now we got the much-needed controversy and conflict that we desire. I have to ask you, though, you, so you're saying play Revis and Browner just straight up on on those receivers? I mean, I think Br- Browner is the is the weak spot, obviously. Sure. I, I just I love the idea of putting your best corner on the second receiver, putting him on Emmanuel Sanders, just taking him out of the game, and mm-hmm. then giving Browner help with the safety in Dublin, DT. I think that's the way you do it. Yeah, very nice. Well, either way, this is what appears to me to be the juiciest collection of games that we've seen thus far in the NFL season. Enjoy them, everybody. You now have the picks. Do with them what you will. All right. Good stuff, fellas. We'll leave it there. Make sure you check out uh, EH's picks available for you at NFL.com. Make sure you look for on NFL now the 20 or 25 minute long, whatever it is, DDFP TV with our guests, Nate Burleson, Handsome Hank, and most importantly, Football baby making the picks for you there. Like I say, some other Julian Applesauce for your effort joining us there. Thanks to Black Tie for the banner week of work on putting all that uh, together, by the way, as well as the podcast. Yep. Well, that that was A.J. Hawk talking about Damashek, not about Black Tie. Maybe one day Hawk will give you Well, I'm giving props back to you. That's all Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, not really you. Maybe what you should play play is Terrence Newman saying to make sure we give you crap. Because that's, uh, that's what Terrence <laughs> Newman likes to insist that we do, is uh, to give black tie crap whenever possible. So, all right, listen, um, a, a great weekend of football. Await your eyeballs. Uh, hopefully the games serve. And remember, it's 1310. That's the, that's the bottom line. If it's not 1310, I don't know what, in, uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers. We'll be back after week nine. The second most boring game on the NFL schedule. I love when people you know, say that. You know that. the, top, you know the first most boring game? How about Jags and Browns? I mean, or no, Jags, Jags and Bengals? Jags and Titans. That is the most boring game in the NFL. <laughs> that the is a pretty good call. Oh, by the way, that I'm sure this is going to be on the Sheck Report next week. Is is there ever been an uglier state of football than what is going to happen in Ohio? You have the Jags at the Bengals, and the who's at the Browns again? Oh, the uh, uh, oh the Buccaneers. So you have the Buccaneers at the Brown. I mean. What a collection of hideousness will be out in the, in the state of Ohio if you have an eye for uh, for sartorial matters. All right, listen. Like I say, back after week nine in front of week ten. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 